Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free healthy stuff for you as well, all at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E. Com. All right, let's get to today's guest. She is a good friend of mine. Her name is Kayla Barnes. Kayla is an entrepreneur and certified brain health coach with a mission to help her clients and community achieve optimal health through science-backed and proven approaches. She is the biohacking queen, if I do say so myself. Barnes has been named one of the top longevity leaders globally and has been featured in Forbes, Thrive Global, Birdie, Be Well, Biohackers Magazine, and so much more. Barnes studied nutrition and has trained under the renowned brain doctor, Dr. Daniel Amen, who's also been on the podcast as well. Stay tuned to the entire conversation because at the end, I answer another one of your burning health questions in an Ask Me Anything. This is Kayla Barnes' Art of Being Well. Kayla, thanks so much for being on The Art of Being Well. I'm pumped that you're here. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so we need to kind of give people a little bit of context because I'm from Pittsburgh, you live in Cleveland, not too far from each other, and you have been such a help, like such a supporter and a kind friend in this space. When The Inflammation Spectrum, my second book came out, we had it at town hall in Cleveland. But can you tell everybody how we met, like the backstory? I'll let you tell the story since you're the guest. I, I won't blabber on anymore. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I've been working in health and wellness for almost 12 years now. Time has flown by, but, um, you know, I've been a little bit of a serial entrepreneur in the health and wellness space. And I believe that you and I connected, I think it was three or four years ago when I was running a supplement company at the time. 
And you and I connected through that. And we just had a lot of common interests, of course. And then, yeah, we hosted a book signing and kind of talk at Town Hall, which is a great restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. Very incredible food options, organic, non-GMO. And then we got to hang out the a couple weekends ago too, I guess maybe two months ago. And we went over to the Health and Wellness Center and that was a great time. Oh my gosh, that place is... It is such a magical place right in the heart of, of Cleveland. I mean, what you've done, what you're doing in so many spaces, and we're going to talk a lot about brain health today. Can you talk about some of the things that I did and like you know so much about? I loved it. And my, my son, I brought my son Solomon and his friend Gabriel there too, and we loved it. Thank you for treating us there. Oh, it was such a pleasure. And it's it's so amazing to have in such close proximity, kind of a center with all of these different biohacking modalities and tools and therapies. So when you were over there, you definitely did the ozone hocket, which is a pretty unique device. So it has five therapies in one. It has pulsed electromagnetic field. It has the sauna component. So your body temperature is being raised. And then it has ozone. Ozone has actually been studied for about 150 years, but we're not really quite at the place where it's typically being used in medicine across the board. So some of the benefits that we've seen are, you know, reducing viruses or bacteria. People get a great detox. So any patients with mold or Lyme, it's a really uh, great way to detox the body. It's quite relaxing as well. So that's a really incredible machine that you use there. And then you also did the hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which... Hyperbaric oxygen is one of my absolute favorite brain healing modalities because it really, really increases the nutrient and oxygen delivery to the brain. So hyperbaric is one of the only therapies that has actually been shown to increase telomere length, which I'm sure as your listeners know, are the end caps of the DNA. They are one metric of aging, so it can actually help to increase the telomere length, but it's also been recently studied. There's some new studies coming out of Israel that are showing it can actually halt Alzheimer's and start to reverse memory a little bit. And the mechanism of that is when we're breathing regular oxygen, we're only breathing around 21% oxygen every day. But when you go into the hyperbaric chamber, it's a mixture of the pressure. So it feels like you're about 15 meters underwater, but then also pure oxygen. So your entire body and brain are being saturated with oxygen. And that's why I think for anyone dealing with any cognitive ailments, hyperbaric is one of the first things that you want to kind of look into because it can not only, if you're in a later stage of cognitive decline, can it help then, but you can use it as a preemptive therapy just to boost brain health. If you've ever had any sort of a concussion or traumatic brain injury, that would be one of the first things I would recommend. But overall, just for brain health and uh, cognition, it can really be helpful. So you tried that. And then you also did, I think, PEMF therapy, yeah. right? Yeah. So so we have, there's basically you lay on two pads and you're kind of sandwiched between them, but pulse electromagnetic field therapy is great. I also have a device in my home. It can be great for improving blood circulation, bone density, and it's also being studied for um, the effects on mood and anxiety and depression. So a lot of athletes or high performers love to use it because it's also great for healing the body post-athletic performance or recovery. And then also, you know, it has benefits for the brain. So I believe you did that. And then did you do the red light therapy bed? I don't think I did that. I think I did everything but that. <laughs> but yeah. that was enough for me. I did the cryotherapy as well. Cry yeah, yeah. And cryo 
Cryotherapy is great. You know, cold therapy in general is incredible. So the options are either on the most basic level, doing a end of shower cold, so one to three minutes, or, you know, cold immersion, like a cold tub, but we have the cryotherapy there. And it's a really great modality for reducing systemic inflammation. And we'll talk about the link between brain health and systemic inflammation and, of course, your book. So it's, it's a big topic, but with regular use, it can actually help to lower the inflammation in the brain because you're taking your core body temperature down so low. There's also benefits for mood. Uh, a lot of people feel super energized after getting out of any sort of cold therapy. Mm-hmm. So that's another great, great modality. And I, one other thing I did do, I remember is a, like a, almost a cryotherapy mask in a way, and it may have read, had light therapy too. What was going on there? Yeah. So a cryotherapy. So with the spot cryotherapy machine, you can either use it for joint pain. So maybe athletic recovery, Mm -hmm. but on the face, it's great for just reducing inflammation in the skin. It Mm -hmm. also has blue light therapy in there, Mm -hmm. which is is known to be kind of an antibacterial. So it can help clear out some of the bacteria on the skin, but it's great for just tightening. It feels really amazing. And again, it's really energizing once you kind of do a three minute treatment on the face. Anyways, I loved all that stuff. It was amazing. And I mean, that's a great segue into the field of biohacking and brain health. Let's kind of preface and talk about brain health here for a moment. But I think it's better now more than probably than than ever in my career, where people are of all ages be giving this more attention. And people are, are, the number is growing of people that are conscious of the fact that they need to be taking care of their brains and prioritizing brain health and not just it being a thing that, oh, if you are not elderly, you're not thinking about it. Like you, this, why should people care about brain health no matter what age they are? If they're a teenager listening to the podcast or if they're, you know, anything in between then and 90, why should people care about brain health? So your brain is involved in everything that you do. You know, it's proven and backed by science that if you have a healthier brain, you'll be you'll lead a happier life, you'll be more successful, and your personal relationships will be better because everything that we do, every decision, every thought that we make every day is related to the brain. So it's very important that we protect it now and give it the good stuff and remove the bad stuff so that not only can you focus, have great cognition, I feel like so many people in general in the in the health spectrum these days, they just wake up, they feel sluggish, they can't turn their brain on, they might have busy brain or they can't collect their thoughts. So what, why not focus on improving your cognition, productivity and happiness now? And then, you know, also preparing your brain for better longevity and health span later. Mm-hmm. Depression is the number one disability in the United States right now. So I think that we have these glaring alerts to us that we have to focus on the brain because of course it's connected to everything in the body. But if we want to be happier, more successful, and just lead better lives, we have to focus on brain health now. Mm -hmm. Certainly. And I mean, I can't tell you how many people that I talk to as patients online when they're struggling with things like anxiety and just anything from a background anxiety, background anxiousness, all the way to panic attacks, that's a spectrum, depression and the whole spectrum of different how depression manifests in people's lives, but also things like brain fog and fatigue ADD, ADHD, autism. I mean, this is an epidemic, uh, the amount of brain health problems in our world today. Many people ask me what I think of apple cider vinegar when it comes to all its purported health benefits. Well, here's the deal. There's a lot of exciting science around apple cider vinegar and how it can support many things 
in the body. But the thing is, you have to make sure that you take it the right way. It's a powerful tool. The way that I recommend it is the apple cider vinegar complex from my friends at Paleo Valley. You can get all the healing properties of apple cider vinegar into your daily diet without the fuss or the burn, which is what I want to make sure that you're leveraging these amazing benefits in a really safe way. ACV has been shown to support digestion, breaking down proteins for better absorption, improving your blood sugar balance, your blood sugar response, supporting with satiety and cravings. So if you have any digestive problems, if you have blood sugar problems, if you have cravings, you need to check this out. The main ingredient is acetic acid that supports in extracting nutrients from your food for use by the body. What I love about what Paleo Valley does is that their apple cider vinegar complex adds really helpful synergistic healing spices like turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, and lemon. The combo here is super smart, super science-backed to support blood sugar, balance, cravings, digestion, all the things. All you have to do is go to paleovalley.com slash Dr. Will. Again, that's paleovalley.com slash Dr. W-I-L-L to get 15% off your first order. You won't regret it. Have you heard of HOCL? You have to learn about this. HOCL is short for hypochlorous acid. Lumion skin harnesses the power of your immune system by using hypochlorous acid or HOCL as their hero ingredient in all of their products. If you have yet to hear of HOCL, Lumion is making it a household name one clear, healthy skin at a time. Lumion uses the anti-aging power of pure oxygen combined with the antimicrobial properties of HOCL to create vibrant, healthy, and irritation-free skin. Lumion is safe to use on breakouts, dermatitis, eczema, sunburns, and it doesn't stop there. Lumion helps with any skin irritation from that unwanted blemish to having too much fun in the sun. Lumion is dermatologist tested and approved. Lumion has three HOCL-based products, the Miracle Mist, the Miracle Mask, and the fan favorite, Save Your Skin Serum. Lumion is run by two women who both had adult acne and were devoted to finding a safe and effective way to manage their breakouts. Today, they thrive helping anyone from their teens to their 80s boost their skin health and live confident and free in their skin. Use code WILLCOLE at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Just visit lumionlife.com for more information. Again, that's L-U-M-I-O-N-L-I-F-E.com, lumionlife.com. Use code WILLCOLE for that 20% off. What's the vibes? I'm EJ, head of special projects at DBA, and this is Who's On Content, a show that explores and dissects the influential, behavioral-altering power of content through thought-provoking, culturally relevant, and industry-shifting dialogues. We're chatting with social media platform leaders, marketers, journalists, and content creators contributing to the content shaping the global society we live in. I mean, folks, let's face it. Content is everywhere. It's visual. It's audible. Hell, it's even edible. Go with me for a second. The content of your favorite restaurant informs the content of your Yelp review. (laughs) See what we did there? Tune in to hear who's on content. Just for the average person that's listening to this right now, I mean, what are some of the top ways they can start doing right now, at least start making plans to start improving their brain health? Yes, I would say 
It's really the basics. So diet is one of the most foundational pieces of brain health because like every cell in your body, it's made up of what you feed it. So our mutual friend, Mark Hyman, he says, if you do you want to be made out of Doritos or do you want to be made out of grass-fed beef? And we have to think the same way when we're thinking about how our brains are functioning. So if you want a brain that's firing when you would like it to, no brain fog, we have to use food as the most foundational piece. And there's kind of six standout foods, I would say, for brain health. They're very in line with what you already believe in, but salmon and wild caught fish are incredible. So boosting those DEHA levels and DEA levels are really important. So wild caught fish, the smaller, even the better. I know anchovies aren't a major fan favorite, but they are really good for your brain. Liver is also incredible. As you know, organ meats are some of the most nutrient dense foods on the planet. So you get a lot of those minerals and vitamins from dark leafy greens. We want to get those greens in because it's really important um, for brain health. Also, so berries, so low glycemic, wild caught, organic berries, blueberries are a superfood for the brain and nuts and seeds too. So walnuts, it's kind of uh, funny because they're shaped like a brain, but they also are one of the best nuts for the brain. So it's easy to remember that. I don't like roasted so much or taking meats or vegetables to really high temperatures because they can produce something called AGEs or advanced end glycation products, which then can lead to maybe more inflammation in the body. And when you have inflammation in the body, you also have inflammation in the brain. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to uh, focus on your diet first. Absolutely no processed foods, clean oil oils is a really big one. So studies have shown that soybean oil, which is one of the most um, widely used oils in the United States, is actually able to cause genetic changes in the brain. So we do not want that. Um, the increase in what I would say are toxic seed oils has just exploded. And then in parallel, among other things, we see these rises in depression and anxiety. So food is a really, really big one. Mm -hmm. Reducing sugar as much as you can. I like to get my sugar from wild berries because the brain does still need glucose to function optimally, um, somewhere around you know 40 grams to 100 a day. So I can usually get that from berries, but you can also have a smart carb, what I kind of call it, or a slow digesting carb as well. So these are kind of the pillars Organic olive oil is incredible for brain health. The brain is mostly made up of fat and water. So these healthy fats like avocados, olive oil, organic, of course, are really going to help protect the myelin sheath in the brain. Mm -hmm. And all around food is just the staple. Food is medicine, as, mm -hmm. as Dr. Hyman and yourself say. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Those are all fantastic things. And something that I highlight on the podcast a lot, and I, this is really one of the, if not the only episode so far that we've really harnessed in on specific, actionable, very practical steps that people can do for their brain health, no matter where they're at on that brain inflammation or brain problem spectrum. And something I wanted to highlight that I didn't mention earlier with the different brain health problems that I'm seeing clinically, I want everybody else to know, maybe you don't have anxiety, depression, brain fog, fatigue, these other issues that I talked about, but a lot of hormonal problems and things that people see as hormonal problems are in fact brain-based issues. So adrenal fatigue, cortisol issues, oftentimes it's an HPA axis issue, thyroid issues. I see many HPT axis issues, people that have female hormonal imbalances or testosterone issues. There's so much brain hypothalamic pituitary specific based issues with hormonal problems. It's not an endocrine issue. It's a brain 
endocrine communication issue. So I want to just open up the conversation. Brain health is so important for so many different reasons. And Digestive issues. Through the gut-brain axis, I see people that have unhealthy brains, it's impacting their digestion. So I just wanted to, to cement that gravity that, of the things we're talking about here. But if we could segue real fast to alcohol. It's kind of controversial every time I talk about it. It brings up a lot of conversation. What's your view? As a brain health expert, someone that really knows this stuff in and out, what does the data show with alcohol consumption and our health. Can it be a part of a healthy diet or not? You know, I really have been appreciating your posts on this because I post very similar things. And I always say you might lose a couple friends when you post that. As much as we've tried so hard to find an angle that alcohol can be a health food, maybe it's because of the resveratrol, it simply is not. For the brain, the scans of alcohol and THC users, the blood flow is significantly diminished to the brain. When you reduce the blood flow to the brain, then you're reducing the amount of oxygen and nutrients. So for brain specifically, unfortunately, alcohol is not a part of a healthy diet. If you do want to have a glass, maybe a week or so, but there's also data to show that um, one to seven glasses a week can even... Uh, result in a smaller brain, which we don't want that. Also, you know, as waistlines go up in size, the brain goes down in size. That, that's another factor cons- to consider. But unfortunately, alcohol is not a health food. If you want to get resveratrol, I would recommend taking a supplement. But I would definitely say for optimal cognition and longevity of the brain, reduce or eliminate alcohol as much as possible. Okay. So if, if they're going to go for alcohol, like we're, we're, we're on the same page with this. Alcohol is a neurotoxin. It shouldn't be normalized yeah. as part of like a healthy diet. But if someone's going to drink, uh, what's the best kind that you recommend? Yeah. And, you know, I'll just make one more point too. Even, you know, of course the brain aspect, but I think you wear the aura ring. Every time mm-hmm. I, I would drink, I drink very rarely now, but you see the impact on your HRV immediately the next day. I mean, your readiness is cut in half and that's just with one to two glasses of wine. So the data is there even on the consumer wearable side that this is unfortunately a poison to the body. There's really no other way to go about it. But if you are going to indulge every now and then, I know you're friends with the owners of Dry Farm Wines. You want to go with wines or spirits that um, are organic, biodynamic. There's zero fillers because in a lot of standard wines, they're cut with tons of fillers, red dyes, things of that nature. So you want to go with biodynamic farming, organic. There's also some low sugar wines on the market. So that'll have less of a blood glucose impact. So I would recommend checking out Dry Farm or another company that really vets their wines really, really well. And I would still keep it to a minimum. And of course, I would also recommend drinking it early so it doesn't impact your sleep as much and drinking a lot of water, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other question with alcohol, I, I'm curious to see how you would respond to this. I got this question online from people when I post about the research around alcohol and our brains and our health is, well, we just want to live our life. Like it's like they get kind of defensive and like, we just want to enjoy our life. Just let us do it. I mean, what, what do you say to somebody who, who says that? I get that question and kind of sentiment quite a bit when I make posts about this, but you know, our society has been so conditioned to find that the only way that we can have fun 
quote unquote fun is with alcohol or some mood altering substance. So number one, I would say you have to reframe what you deem as fun or living life, because for me and you, we can go hang out at, you know, a biology upgrading center and we're going to have a hundred times more fun than we do having drinks at the bar. So first redefine what your relationship is with alcohol. Why do you want to go with it? Because I think of a lot of it can be connected to trauma and different social, you know, kind of conditioning. So Address that first and then start implementing habits with friends that are just different than drinking because you can have so much fun going to a movie or a book club or, like I said, a you know biohacking party. So the other thing I would recommend, too, is there are a lot of cool spirits coming out that are made with adaptogens and different beneficial ingredients mm-hmm. that can still give you a little bit of that, let's say, mood enhancement without having the detrimental effects. So yeah. I would try to work in different ways to enjoy, you know, I have Tapo Chico or mineral water when I'm out with friends and no, yeah, no one says anything about it. So I think it's just changing the way that you look at why am I drinking alcohol? I love that. That's just a great tips. I get sent a lot of those adaptogenic elixir, great uh, non-alcoholic mood enhancing, way better for you alternatives. Yeah. Do you know of any of the brands? I can't think of them, their brand names off offhand, but show notes if you don't. If you know some. Yeah, there's there's Kin. There is Drink Gaia, I think. Okay. And then Three Spirits. There's actually a fully non-alcoholic liquor store in New York now. So that really shows, you know, where, where the market's going. So I love think it's that. great. I love that. Yeah. A non-alcoholic spirit store in New York. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, a really cool. I tried that. Ken, Ken, you said Three Spirits. All of them are great. They taste great. So. Yeah, they uh, taste great. It gives you that same experience as kind of holding a cocktail and it ha- slightly enhances your mood. So those are all good options. Great tips. All right. Let's talk about sleep. You know, people are, so they they say things like I'll sleep when I'm dead. They're super busy. They're not prioritizing their sleep. I mean, why is sleep so critical for our brain health? Yeah. Sleep is another foundational piece of brain health. So when we sleep, many things happen. Memories are stored. Our uh, body's glymphatic system, which is essentially the cellular waste removal system of the brain, is activated in those deeper stages of sleep. So Literally, it's it's the most important thing you can do for your brain outside of food because this is when the waste is cleared out, your brain has a chance to recover and really reset for the next day. So again, memory formation and really just you know letting the brain rest. So there's no other important thing I would say for brain health other than getting not only um, enough sleep, but high quality sleep. So we want to get into the deep and REM stages of sleep uh, more so than the light stages. So again, I track that on my aura ring, but... If you set yourself up for success with sleep, I know sleep is so difficult for so many with, you know, blackout shades, the environment has to be right first. So I have blackout shades. So my room is literally so dark, I can't see my hand in front of my face. So that's, that's what you need because when the light hits your even skin, it can also disrupt your circadian rhythm. So starting the day in the morning, getting light directly into the eyes to let your body know it's time to wake up. Also the benefits of vitamin D is really important. And then I use a blue light block I think the biggest thing that I see is you have to set kind of parameters around your social media and your television watching. Because if you're stuck on the blue light of the phone and you're stuck getting your anxiety up by watching a really kind of fear-inducing show or show that you're just into, you're not going to go to bed. So 
If you change your habits around sleep, it's going to become so much easier for you to fall asleep and then allow your brain to get all of the proper rest and recovery that it needs at night. Oh, this is so good. So how much sleep is like, what's a perfect night's sleep look like? Very interesting question. Some new research just came out about two weeks ago that I'm still kind of mulling over and, and I would love your opinion on it. So typically we all know seven to nine hours, right? The higher quality of sleep you get, the less sleep you might actually need. Also, if you're you know an extreme athlete, maybe you sleep a little bit more. So I would have said, you know, between seven and nine hours a night. But some new research just came out regarding the brain, and they're saying now 6.5 hours is ideal for cognitive health. And people sleeping over 6.5 hours could be a little bit fast-tracked to, you know, some declining of their cognition. Have you seen the study? I have seen the study, and it's like the quality over quantity, right? It's like six right. and a half, but really good REM sleep, really good restful sleep, not just six and a half that are, you know, really sucky quality. Yeah, I have seen that. I think it is interesting to see as time goes on and we understand sleep better, like what that quality versus quantity balance looks like. But I, I would agree that around s seven hours of good quality sleep, I feel really great when I have that. And then I could have really nine hours of not quality sleep. Then I wake up feeling really groggy. So I, I, I definitely can see that data ringing true for the average person. But I think in general, like you're saying, like whether it's six and a half or it's nine hours, quality matters. It's not just about the hours uh, that you are sleeping. Absolutely. And you know, there's also so many different sleep chronotypes. So depending on when you typically go to bed and everyone's biological clocks are a little bit different. Yeah. So I would say yes, between 6.5 and seven hours, but that's if you're getting really Really high quality sleep. Also, it's really important to, I limit EMFs completely while I'm sleeping. I'm sure you do too, but I just disconnect the entire unit from the wall. That's another thing that can really impede sleep. Mm -hmm. Alcohol will wreck your sleep, you know, going back to alcohol, but definitely that will be a major deterrent of your sleep. But also I like to do blue light blockers at night. Those really help. And just reading a book or doing a meditation, which Meditation is another one of, I would say, the core principles of what you can do for um, not only improving your brain now, but anti-aging your brain for later. You know, meditators versus non-meditators, when it's been studied, they have more gray matter. The amygdala, which is the fear center of the brain, is actually smaller. So over time, you're, you can, you know, shrink the fear and anxiety center and improve the gray matter in the cortical hippocampus thickness, which is also important. So it's so cool that a, a practice that you take five to 20 minutes to do a day is so impactful on the brain. It's one of the, again, most important things that you can do in terms of brain longevity. Love it. Our next partner has a product I use all the time. It's called Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is freaking amazing. What is it? You may be asking. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy levels, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you want to be supporting. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, <laughs> no matter how you eat, this stuff is clean. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. 
while still tasting really good. It costs you less than $3 a day. It supports mental clarity and alertness, better sleep quality and recovery. And AG1 is, believe me, it's just one small micro habit with big benefits. Self-care, remember, is a form of self-respect. And this is a great way to show your body some self-respect. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and cup of water every day. That's all. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. People age at different speeds, and the date on your license may not represent your inner biological age at all. If you're looking for ways to extend your health span and slow down the aging process, the keys to health and longevity run in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to improve your metabolism, reduce your stress levels, improve your sleep, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, your DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you are not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise for you, right nutrition for you, and supplementation for your body. What I recommend is also to add Inner Age 2.0. This is really cool. Add this to any plan for a definitive calculation of your true biological age. You are going to be shocked when you see your results to see how you're aging from the inside out. No matter where you are on your journey, Inside Tracker is for all of us striving and seeking to expand our health span by courageously looking inside ourselves for the truth of where we are and actionable insights to get to our optimal selves. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. That's insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well, or you can use code Will Cole at checkout to get that 20% off. Do you want to compare Aura Ring scores? Is that something you want to share? <laughs> yeah, let me let me pull it up real quick. While we're pulling that up, can you talk a little bit about the EMF? Because people are going to be wondering about that. Like, oh, what what do they do about that? Why why should that matter? And how wh what are you disconnecting at night before you go to sleep? Absolutely. I made a post uh, recently too about AirPods. And as we yes. see, we're both wearing wired headphones. Yeah. But this is another thing. So when you have a Bluetooth device that's emitting extremely high levels of EMFs all throughout the day. A big brain biohack would be remove the AirPods. Just please, no one use them at all because unfortunately, you know, everyone wants a study and there are some studies relating using the phone to the head over the course of 17 minutes a day for 10 years, increasing the risk of brain cancer. But they're not necessarily doing that right now on AirPods. We all know why, I'm sure, but that is a, a big one. So you want to limit EMF exposure as much as possible. I also turn off 5G on my phone, so I don't have that on. I use an EMF protecting case as much as possible, but EMFs are electromagnetic fields that 
are relatively new at the rates that we're seeing them now. And based on the data I'm seeing, there there is no benefit to the body, of course, and definitely there can be a detriment. So what I'm unplugging is I have my wireless router and any of my devices plugged into one single unit and I just remove it from the wall. So the router is completely off at night. My phone is on airplane mode. I keep the aura ring on airplane mode for the most part, but we want to limit the EMFs, especially ones that are going right through our head and through our brain all day. Mm -hmm. So AirPods, gone. Any Bluetooth device, I would say gone. And then try to limit your exposure like by keeping your devices off as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, we are, we can do our best during the day to limit that and we should be, but then you go into night, like give your body a break, (laughs) like turn this stuff off. Even when you're sleeping, do you need all this stuff on? And like, even like the Aura Ring, I turn off my phone still. Everything's turned off. It sinks in the morning. I, I don't I don't have to have all that stuff on all the time. And I know not everybody can do that because it's like their actual landline. Like they're, it's, they're treating their smartphone like a landline for family emergencies, et cetera. But I love all of those tips, really good tips. So Aura Ring score, mine last night was 90. Mine was 85. You beat me there. Oh, well, I'm normally in the 80s, so I, I, I won't <laughs> make you feel too bad, Kayla. But yeah, so I mean, it tells me my total sleep, my efficiency, my REM sleep. I always feel good. I like, yeah, cool. And then the next day I can, I notice when I have caffeine too late in the evenings, it really messes up my sleep. All the quality metrics are off. Mm-hmm. How about you? I mean, how do you treat caffeine and sleep? Yeah, I, I do love caffeine. I love a good organic, really clean cup of coffee because of of course, if you're having coffee that's heavily pesticided, it can it serves as a neurotoxin. So if you're going to drink coffee, you have to make sure you drink clean coffee. But if I drink it too late, absolutely. I mean, the half-life on caffeine is quite long, depending on how fast you metabolize the caffeine, but anywhere from six to eight hours. So I at least stop drinking coffee by 2 p.m., but I do enjoy a cup in the morning. Sometimes I'll mix, you know, a little bit of healthy fats in there, and I feel like it gives me a nice brain boost. But Mm -hmm. you want to stop caffeine with a sufficient amount of time prior to bed. Yeah, for sure. All right. Can we we go through what a day in the life looks like? What does a brain-healthy diet look like? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, fastings involved, snacks. Can you break it down for us? Yeah, I am definitely a fan of of fasting, inter, you know, intermittent fasting. So you don't have to do anything extreme if you don't want to, but I do like to stop eating at minimum four hours before bed because that's also an impact on your overall sleep. But in the, so let's say breakfast, we want to have like a something savory, not sweet, because kind of what you do in the morning sets your um, sugar cravings and your glucose for the rest of the day. So you could do some salmon with some greens, maybe some smoked salmon on some greens with a little side of organic berries for a snack. I have either a handful of walnuts or pistachios. If you really want to treat caviar is amazing too for the brain. It's just loaded with omegas. So that's really positive. And then lunch can be a light salad with maybe some great, it can be a grass-fed burger if you eat meat or, you know, a lot of nuts and seeds, some olive oil. And then for dinner, It could be, again, like a grass-fed either liver or beef, or it can be salmon. Um, We really want to make sure we're hitting those fishes several times a week. And if you're not, you want to be supplementing with an omega-3 fish oil, one that, of course, you know, is very well taken care of. I find a lot of fish oils can sometimes go rancid. So you want to make sure you get one from a great source and then you keep it refrigerated or in a stable environment. 
So yeah, the snacks between berries and low glycemic fruits. Some days I kind of cycle with my carbs. So some days I'll do a sweet potato, but some days I won't. I usually do sweet potato on days I'm also working out because those carbs just boost my athletic performance as well. And we'll go into exercise, but exercise is another key component for optimal brain health. But yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much a day in the life of a brain healthy diet. Absolutely no you know, prepackaged foods, no additives, just clean whole foods as much as possible with a focus on, you know, really great seafoods and healthy oils. Um, and coffee can be a part of that too, if you, if you do okay with it. Great. So let's talk about it. Exercise. How does exercise tie into brain health? Why should we, what's the connection there? So exercise is the fountain of youth, I think for the brain and the body. There are many studies. I was reading a study yesterday that, um, you know, athletic uh, endurance training can decrease the risk of anxiety by 60%. There have been other tests that have compared Zoloft, which is an antidepressant, to exercise for eight weeks. And of course, I'm not recommending that anyone get off that and switch to exercise. Work with the practitioner, please. The results were that exercise was better in the long run. So, you know, exercise is incredible. It boosts brain-drive neurotropic factor, which can lead to neurogenesis, which is the actual new growth of, of new neurons in the brain. We used to, many years ago, we thought the brains couldn't create new neurons. They can. And exercise is a big way to do that. It improves blood flow to the brain, even walking. So walking, you know, every single day, there's the 10,000 steps a day, but there's there's a lot of truth to that. I try to get between 10,000 and 15,000 steps a day of just low-level movement. It boosts neuro neurotransmitters such as serotonin and dopamine. Serotonin and dopamine is your motivation molecule. Serotonin has a lot to do with happiness. Most of it is housed in the gut for the brain. So that's, again, feeding your gut is super important to brain health because they call the gut the second brain. But exercise is really, really impactful. If you can get out there and do some strength training three times a week, some aerobic activity two to three times a week, it is a major, major mood and brain booster. Helps cognition, so many things. Great. Man, people are going to be loving this conversation. I'm thinking about all the thousands of people that listen. They're going to be rewinding this and writing stuff down. This is (laughs) so cool. All right. As you know, this is called The Art of Being Well. The podcast is called The Art of Being Well. And this is this part of the pod is, is your art of being well. This is Kayla Barnes' art of being well. I'm going to just throw out different questions. I want to pick your brain, <laughs> your very healthy brain, mm-hmm. <laughs> about just different things within wellness because you are a biohacker extraordinaire. You walk the walk and you know the most cutting edge, exciting stuff when it comes to living our best life. So first question, if you were stuck on a desert island and you had to survive, you're talking about nutrient density, you only had one food what would that food be? For me, it would be beef liver. Nice. Any, like, what, what are we talking about? Like the people are like, ah, oh, gross, man. Like, and again, we're talking about surviving, but if you're talking about the best tasting, what's the best way that you like to get liver? What's your tip and trick there? I have two. One of them is to buy some pre-made patties with both the grass-fed beef and the liver, it also can have heart and kidneys. So there's a brand I like, U.S. Wellness Meats. I'm sure you have one too. Yeah. It comes pre-packaged. 
or you can actually do that on your own. You can get grass-fed beef, get the liver, mix them together. And it really cuts down the taste because trust me, I've been through this entire exercise as well. And it can be a bit difficult if you just jump right in with a whole piece of liver and stick (laughs) it in your mouth. The other thing that I find to be great is sometimes I will get the liver, I'll cut it up and then I'll freeze it. So it's actually like a supplement, but it's the whole actual liver versus the desiccated And, and nothing against the desiccated. I just believe that the actual liver is better. So I'll cut it up when it arrives, freeze it, and then take it like a little supplement. But the burger liver mix is also a great way to go. Yeah. I recommend the U.S. Wellness Meats blend for patients for sure. They're great. And the liver chips, like the frozen liver chips are another great idea too. And I Mm -hmm. I do take the desiccated as well. But again, if you look at the nutrition profile, it's good, but it's no replication for the actual whole food. You're right about that. Um, you should start trying it. Just cut it up and freeze it. I, I have. I recommend it for patients, but I actually have not tried that myself. Uh, I have to be honest with you. I haven't. But the blend works well for me. All right. Next question. If you had to eat one food for the rest of your life purely on taste alone and not necessarily health benefits, just purely on deliciousness, what would that food be? Organic blueberries. I absolutely love the taste and they're amazing for brain health. And then honestly, if I, if I could grass fed steak, those two together, and maybe if I'll add one more, I'm only supposed to pick one, but also dark chocolate. It's loaded with benefits for the brain. It's absolutely incredible. I have two days, two pieces a day. I say it's like my happiness booster. It tastes amazing and it's great for the brain. Love it. I have to say, I mean, I love different types of healthy food so much, but the the fried chicken, I think it was at Town Hall was so freaking (laughs) good, but it was done healthy. That's what I'm saying. Like people, not that that would be my top food for it, but maybe it would be based on taste. I love fried chicken, but if you do it right with almond flour, fried in a good oil, can you talk about real fast, like how someone would do fried chicken healthy? Because I love fried chicken and people are like, what? You can have fried chicken? What does that look like? How do you do it yeah. right? So you can coat it in like a cashew crust. Yes. With a little bit of almond flour. And then you could actually, what you could do is sous vide the, the chicken initially, put it in the breading and then just flash fry it for like two seconds in the avocado oil. Yum. See that? There you go. That might be mine. All right. (laughs) Or peanut butter, peanut butter, which I know is not the best, but I get the Valencia organic low mold, like the best stuff there is. Do you, do you eat peanut butter or no? I don't eat peanut butter. I do eat almond butter though. I love putting, you know, if I'm having an apple, I'll put some almond butter on it because you want to balance out kind of the sugars with the the healthy fat Mm -hmm. and it tastes amazing. It's like a big snack for me. Love it. All right. Next question. What are two supplements that have been the biggest game changers for your health personally? Magnesium. I love magnesium. It's it's so critical for so many processes in the body, but it's also really important for brain health. So magnesium three and eight can most easily pass what is called the blood brain barrier, which is like the protective set of CNS vessels that protect the brain from anything that shouldn't go through. So magnesium is definitely one. And I would say a really great fish or cod oil. I feel great when I take it and my brain works really well. So Mm -hmm. those two are my favorite. Love it. What is your, this is a great question for you. What is your latest non-food, non-supplement, biohack, wellness tool that you're really into? I have so many, as you know. (laughs) You can maybe do two or three because I know people are going to love this. So what are your favorites right now? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I love sauna, infrared sauna. I know that's really like an oldie, but a goodie, but especially in the colder months, I love it. I love it when I'm not doing a lot of working out that day, but it's great just to get a sweat, get some detoxification, get your blood flowing. I think it's great for your skin. It's great for your heart, good for your brain. So that I love. I have a little at-home device that's pretty cool. I, I'm in an apartment right now, so my head kind of peeks out. So it's kind of funny, but you can get saunas. You know, you don't have to go all the way to, you know, a great sunlight and sauna, which is amazing. But if you have a small space, this one's portable. You can just take yeah. it with you. So that's really cool. Love sauna. I love red light therapy. I mean, I think it's really good for boosting your mitochondria, your cellular energy. It's great for your skin as well. So I do that every day. I just, I do what I call a habit stacking. So I, you know, layer different. So I, right after my shower, so I do the hot and then the cold shower. And then I do red light therapy just while I'm brushing my hair, putting on my lotion right after the shower. So it doesn't take up so much time because as you can assume, it'll take a lot of time out of your day to do these different things. So red light therapy is a big one. I also have ozone at home. So I do either ozone water once a week or twice a week. It's also great for gum health. There's a lot of connection between your brain health and your gum health. So you want to make sure that your oral health is really there. And I love the ozone water for boosting gut health, but also the the health of your mouth. So those are a few. I also do PEMF daily. Hyperbaric is, is an absolute game changer. I don't have one in my home now, right now, but I go over and do one as often as I can. So Great. those are kind of my favorite biohacks right now. And I think there's a lot of interesting at-home wearables too that are kind of able to influence brain health. Yeah. So I have something called the Happy. I have that. And that is, yeah. that's really cool. I've been using that a lot for improving my sleep actually. So I was with Ben Greenfield and he gave me this tip. He said, put the Happy under the pillow on the deep rest sleep, but you can turn it on the like no EMF mode and my deep and REM improved. So I just been sticking it under the pillow, Love it. but those can also be used to improve focus, things like that. So that could be a whole nother conversation at home wearables. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have the happy as well. Real fast. Like on, people are going to be wondering like, how, how does that work? But it's basically using healthy EMFs, not the sort of dangerous ones. Is that fair to say? Yes, that, that's exactly right. And it helps to influence your brainwave state. So we have different brainwave states throughout the day from beta, gamma, delta, and each state you're in is, you know, how your mood is going to be in your focus. So it can help influence those, which I find very interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting field of technology that's coming out for people in the wellness biohacking space. And what's the yeah. portable sauna that you use? What's the one that, that you love? Yeah, mine is uh, Synergy Science. It's infrared. It has a jade foot pad. So, you know, through the feet, you can really raise your temperature faster and it goes to 140 and it's made out of organic bamboo. It's super easy to clean. It has a little ozone generator inside that will kind of clean out the air, but it's nice for now. Definitely when, when I find a home here in the near future, I'm going to have a whole biohacking setup, but for now it's it's perfect for an apartment. Yeah. I have a portable one too. I like it. All right. What's one wellness myth that we haven't talked about so far that you would like to dispel? Alcohol would have been my major one, but we'll go on the the next piece of that, which is is THC. I know this might be controversial and, you know, maybe this will change in the future based on delivery, but 
THC, you know, marijuana smokers, unfortunately, although it can be prescribed for health reasons and maybe it's necessary, the brain scans, they just, they don't look very good at all. They're some of the lowest blood flow brain scans. So, yeah, I agree. I would agree with you. It's like, it can be a tool, a better option than some pharmaceuticals for people who need Mm -hmm. to be on it from a medical standpoint, but it certainly should not be glamorized as some sort of innocuous thing. It definitely can come with side effects as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Next question. What is one wellness brand? It could be a food. It could be a snack. It could be a product that you really have been loving and want to give a shout out to. Sure. I love BioOptimizers. I think that they're a great brand. I think that they do a wonderful job at also providing education to their audience. So they have a whole series of videos and they let you know why you need to take enzymes for digestion because, you know, our food isn't, it's not just about what we eat. It's about what we digest and what we can absorb. So I think that they're a really great brand. Their magnesium is awesome. It has the top seven types. I love their new nootropics. People ask me all the time about nootropics and they have the world's first custom nootropics. So it's really interesting. You log on an app every day, how you're feeling so that they get better over time. But whereas most nootropics, they kind of hammer one neurotransmitter and then they exhaust that neurotransmitter. The Nootopia Bio-Optimizers brand, they're all about actually nourishing the brain, promoting neurogenesis while improving focus and energy. So I think it's a really cool product. Love it. And yeah, neurotropics, great that you brought that up. I mean, for real fast, like what are new nootropics. What are some examples of them? Yeah. So nootropics are essentially what would be called a smart drug, they kind of say, but it can increase your focus. And there's a variety of different nootropics. I mean, I would even put magnesium in that kind of category, but a lot of them can include caffeine. A lot of them, ginkgo biloba are some popular ingredients, L-theanine to kind of uh, balance out the Mm -hmm. caffeine, but anything to kind of boost your cognitive performance. But again, you still want to make sure you're not harming the brain in the process because if you're on a really strong nootropic for an extended period of time, it's going to exhaust those neurotransmitters and it's going to be really hard to bring them back to balance or homeostasis. Got it. All right. Speaking of brain health and just overall health, what is one spiritual practice or mindfulness practice that has really helped you the most? Meditation and gratitude are both backed by science to not only improve your mood in the short term, but also in the long term. So I have a daily meditation practice and it can go anywhere from five minutes if I'm super busy that day to 25 or longer. But also a really simple thing in the morning to do is I have a gratitude journal and I just jot down about five things that I'm grateful for. And you can't be grateful and hateful at the same time. So if you switch your mindset, if you, I always say, set your mind before the day does. So take time in the morning to have a morning practice. I, I There's two books that I read a page out of, and then there's a gratitude journal. And that really sets my day up for success. Ah, so good. You can't be grateful and hateful. And and set the day, set your day before... Set, you set your mood before the day does. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. I love that. What are the books that you read in the morning? So there's the Maxwell Daily Reader, and it, they're both set to be just one page. So you just read one page, but it always hits home really hard. So I read the Maxwell Daily Reader and then the Daily Stoic. I read those two pages. They're each just one page. And then I do my gratitude journal. Love it. And that's Ryan Holiday, the Daily Stoic, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool guy. All right. What is, I'm curious about this. What's your favorite restaurant in the world and what do you order? (laughs) 
Well, you know, to be honest with you, my favorite restaurant would be Town Hall because... Me too. Health is the most important part, you know? So it's wonderful to go out to like a really extravagant dinner, but in the back of my head, I'm always like you know, wonder what type of oil this is or this or that. We we have to let ourselves enjoy life too. So, you know, I need to get better about that. But if I can go to a restaurant that I know that the meat quality is grass fed and grass finished and the seafood is wild caught and it's organic produce and the oil is only avocado, it just makes the experience better for me because I'm boosting my health while having a great time. So yeah, honestly, it would be that. What would you? What's, your, what's yours? Town Hall, without a doubt. I mean, oh. <laughs> uh, without a doubt. I mean, it's based on the quality, but the taste. I mean, is unparalleled. What? What's? What do you order there? What's your favorite thing to order? Well, I love the bone broth. Bone broth is great. It's filled with glutamine and glycine, which is great for the brain. It's great for the gut. So, bone broth is a big one. The turmeric ginger shot I also love because turmeric is a very uh, potent anti-inflammatory for the body and the brain. And then it kind of depends. They have really great um, keto salads that I like. They have a keto chopped salad. The dressing is no sugar, so that's great for a salad option. They have a great grass-fed, grass-finished sous vide strip steak. So it just kind of depends on the mood that I'm in, but... Lots of good options. Love it. And I would get the fried chicken with the (laughs) mashed sweet potatoes. That was so good. All right. And the keto smoothie. I mean, so many things. And you all have to go to Town Hall in Cleveland. It's delicious. And I love the Rebel concept you had too. Both are really cool. Yeah. I mean, another way to just kind of customize a super healthy meal, whether you're keto, vegan, paleo, vegan, whatever you may be. I like the options. And I hope that, to be honest, the restaurant industry as a whole starts to move this way. Yes, me too. Because people shouldn't have to sacrifice health for outdoor dining experience or outside dining experience. It should be both. I agree with that. All right. If you could use just one skincare product, what would that product be? So I... I have started using this about three months ago, but have you ever heard of the brand Herbal Face Food? No, I haven't. Tell me about it. Okay, it's been an absolute game changer. They're classifying it as medical grade plant powered. So it's kind of a new category, but I've tried so many things, you know, from medical grade to 100% organic. And this product, it's a serum. It's a very potent. You put it on, you feel it working right away. You even get flush in the skin. But I've been using it for the past three months, and I think it's an absolute game changer. Right. You should definitely, yeah, definitely try it. I'll check it All out. Organic, plants only, but it's a great product. Perfect. All right, last question: What is a book that you've read in the last year? It could be fiction, nonfiction, whatever. That's really inspired you or got you thinking in in a fresh new way. Yeah, I think. Sergey Young's book, The Science and Technology of, of Growing Young, I believe, is great because it just it gives us what the future is going to look like. It got me so excited because, you know, it's talking about nanorobots in the bloodstream and taking like microscopic um, samples while you're sleeping and you wake up and you have a printout of everything that you need. And then, you know, supplements that are all combined in just one pill that's like 3D printed and the at-home diagnostics. We have, we're just on the brink of understanding the body and the brain. You know, we're just getting there now. And if you think about how expensive it was and how long it took to sequence a genome, you know, 10 years ago and how far we've come, it's just an incredible, incredible feat that we're, we're moving into this area of longevity where I think people are going to get to live their healthiest best lives and be the happiest that we've ever been, hopefully. Yeah. Love it. Kayla, this has been a rich conversation with so many very take a lot of really helpful takeaways for people. So how can people get connected with you? They want to learn more about your work. Where do they go? 
Yeah. So you can visit my website at kaylabarnes.com. That is K-A-Y-L-A-B-A-R-N-E-S.com. I have a lot of free resources there, blog posts, articles. I also, as as I mentioned, I have a new podcast. So it's called Brain Biohacking. I can't wait to have have you on. And then my Instagram page where I post free, really in-depth content daily is just at Kayla Barnes, K-A-Y-L-A-B-A-R-N-E-S. Love it. And we'll put all that in the show notes for people. My friend, thank you so much for for, for coming on the pod. Absolutely. It was a pleasure to see you. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for an Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Jenny. Jenny asks, hi, I eat super clean, nutrient-dense foods, but I don't like working out. How much exercise do I actually need to see the health benefits? Well, Jenny, it ultimately depends on your own baseline, your own health goals, and how much of a needle moving factor do you need in your life. But I will say this, you actually, to to start leveraging some of the benefits, there's really cool studies to show it actually doesn't take that much to start seeing some positive movement in our health. There was actually a recent study that was published out of the University of Turku, which is published in the Journal of Science and Medicine and Sport. This study showed that in as little as three months, that just some light movement, light exercise can have dramatic effects on your metabolic health, meaning improving your blood sugar, improving your cardio metabolic biomarkers on labs. What this study found was when the people in the intervention group, the people that actually did the exercise, they managed to reduce sedentary time by 50 minutes per day on average, meaning they just sat around about 50 minutes less per day, not that much, mainly by increasing the amount of light and moderate intensity physical activity. In the three-month period, the researchers observed health benefits in different biomarkers like blood sugar balance, insulin sensitivity, and liver health in the intervention group. That's not that much. So just walk around, brisk walk, 50 minutes a day, not that much, or mix it up throughout the day, which I find many patients find to be easier if they just do 15, 20 minutes in the morning, 15, 20 minutes in the evening. So just break it up maybe on your lunch walk, walk a little bit. It's not that much. Get those steps in. Just brisk walking can do amazing things. Let's just start there, if especially if you have a sedentary job, and then from there lean into more stuff when your body is used to it. So consistency is key for this, but in three months, look, this is a pretty cool study out of the University of Turku. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. 
And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.